0: Coming up this time, after winning the European Cup, who would dare break Cluffy's curfew?
1: Mr. Club said, everybody stay in because the wives and the girlfriends were in, in Madrid. I think there was about six of us He uh, said, well, I'm not staying in the European Cup, we have chance of staying in. <laughs> so uh, we went, we got to the door, and I always have vivid vivid memory of John Robinson at the door waving us off. Oh. He wouldn't dare break the curfew, just in case what the manager said. Oh. Oh, I can't risk it, I can't risk it. And we're going, just want the European Cup, you're having a
0: laugh. You'll hear the story of how three Nottingham lads beat the odds to reach the
1: pinnacle of club football. I watched the European Cup final, or the Champions League Cup final, yeah. and you do well to find three people in the same country. Mind the same city, <laughs> so the only one you can think of is Phil Foden, but no, everybody mm. else is all over the place. So yeah, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a unique story in itself. We all played in the young Elizabethan League. We're yes. all the similar ages. Uh, well, I think Gary's born on the same day as me. It's, I mean, well, yeah. it's bizarre how it all, all comes together.
0: And the story of the career-defining advice from Brian Clough.
1: He helped me in loads of ways. I remember going to Newcastle in a, in a cup tie and uh, go out on the pitch on my own and uh, got abused from everybody in the stadium. The old stadium booed and all sorts of things. And I went back to him and said, uh, "Boss, I don't think I can play tonight." And he did look me straight in the eye and said, "You're playing." And he goes on to explain why I'm why you're playing. He said. You came here because you've got the ability to play in my team. So don't let these people around here dictate to you Else, you're not going to make a football. you're not going to make a career. So from that day on, I always thought, well, the manager said this. So it helped me, it kept me in good stead for the, anything that they threw at me in a football field from then onwards.
0: All that and many more stories coming up on this latest Cluffy podcast. Hello, I'm Marcus Alton from the tribute website BrianClough.com and you're listening to the Green Jumper podcast. And my guest today is a man who was an integral part of Brian Clough's European glory years and apparently once gave Cloughy a kiss on the cheek. It's a warm welcome to Viv Anderson. I'm pleased to be on Marcus thanks for inviting me That's all right now of course you have a starring role in in, in a new documentary called Local Heroes which we'll, uh, we'll we'll chat about and you're going back to your roots in Nottingham but I've got to ask you about that that kiss I understand it was after you'd left Forest and you were with Sheffield Wednesday
1: Yes I was a captain of Sheffield Wednesday and Forest played at uh, Hillsborough and um as, as a tradition, the captain always takes the team out for the warm-up, but I hated warm up, so I was only literally out there for literally five minutes. I'd take them out and have a run and then go back into the dressing room. As I'm coming off the pitch, Mr. Clough is sat on his own in the dugout, and there's lots of Sheffield Wednesday fans around the dugout. Yes. So as I'm walking, I said, hello, Mr. Clough, and he goes, come here, young man. I went, well, I've got to get in now. It's a game today. He goes... Come here, uh, so I go over. Um, I'm hopeless at the accent anyway, so that's great. So I Thank go man. over, I go over, and he says, "Give us a kiss." So I had to kiss him on the cheek and scampered down the the, uh, the tunnel to get to the dressing room as quick as I could. So uh, everybody went yeah in the, in the dugout, in the uh, in the stands. Yes,
0: saw it, so. Oh, so he still felt warmly towards you.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
0: Now, now, his first match as Forest Boss was an FA Cup replay at Spurs. But um, I think you were left out of the squad, which travelled down for that match, even though you'd played in the first game. Did you yep. fear at that stage that maybe the writing was on the wall for you?
1: In my words entirely. Yeah, the writing's on the wall. Because, um, as you say, I played in the game, came off with 10 minutes ago with cramp, and the door burst open. Mr. Uh, Mr Clough walks in and says I am the new Nottingham Forest manager and the replay which was on the the Wednesday uh, there's a team sheet gone up have a look at it and see if you're on the list and I wasn't on the list but a lad called Tony Woodcock was on that list and he wasn't even in the 15 or 16 or the the top 100 of that club at the time (laughs) and uh, so we thought somebody's realised I'm a decent player so Tony's going going to London but it turns out he ended up taking his shoes and doing all sorts of menial tasks while he was down there. But uh, for his first interjection into Nottingham Forest, I thought, as you rightly say, the writing's on the wall. I think I'm out of this club.
0: But you did get in the side, uh, obviously, with with John Robertson, Tony, as you mentioned, Martin O'Neill, Ian Bowyer, who were already at the club. Uh, When Clough arrived and and having watched you play, you know, in the late 70s, you you seem to be ahead of your time, really, as an attacking fullback. Maybe what we'd call a a wingback these days. Did Brian Clough encourage you to go forward?
1: First and foremost, he says, your job is to keep the ball out of my net. So whatever it takes, you keep that ball out my net. Now, if you can affect the game going the other way, Mm. it's a bonus to us. But remember, fundamentally, you are a fullback who needs to defend. So uh, I was encouraged to get forward. But if my defensive uh, field came to the fore, I would know very, very quickly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You played
0: alongside Kenny Burns, of course, uh, in defence, who Brian uh, often referred to as Kenneth. Did he call you Vivian?
1: No, he never no. called me Vivian. <laughs> um, no. I was happy if he called me anything, but he'd he call me He'd call me Viv. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, it, um, he was all right. Didn't have right? a nickname for me. No. Yeah, he was all right. No. no. When well, you, you
0: went on to play for Arsenal and, and Manchester United, and how did the preparations for matches under Cluffy differ from the preparations at those other clubs you went to?
1: Well, I I went to, as you rightly said. I went to Arsenal from Manchester United. I went when everybody left. Then there was only there was only myself, and I think Ian Boyer left. I think John Robertson left. Kenny Burns left. Tony Woodcock left. They all they all went in different times. Yes. So uh, I'd go to the Arsenal, and with first game at Arsenal, there was a big dossier on the players you're playing against, the the formation, this that the other. Yeah. We never had anything like that. Mr. Clough would come in maybe five to three probably see, wouldn't see him in the week and five to three he'd come in and he'd pick a ball up and say to me or Larry Lloyd or Kenny Burns you pass it to him because he can play and you can't some things like that so yeah, it, yeah. he made it very very simple to play under him but very enjoyable at the same time
0: yeah Now, in this feature-length documentary, Local Heroes, um, you join Tony Woodcock, Gary Bertels, uh, as well, in in telling the story of basically how three Nottingham lads beat the odds to reach the the pinnacle of football and and, and worldwide fame, really. What was it like for you going back to to the Clifton estate in Nottingham, where you grew up?
1: First and foremost, you've got to remember... I, looked, I watched the European Cup final or the Champions League Cup final. Yeah. And you do well to find three people in the same country, no mind the same city. <laughs> so the only one you can think of is Phil Foden, but no, everybody mm. else is all over the place. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a unique story in itself. And it's a story that uh, resonates not just for Nottingham, but anybody who wants to try and get on to be a footballer. Um, we all played in the Young Elizabethan League which is unique. we yes. are all the similar ages. Uh, well, I think Gary's born on the same day as me. It's, I mean, wow. it's bizarre how it all, all comes together, you know? It is. So it's yeah. it, it's worth watching in, in that respect. Yes, so yes. Your, your question was? <laughs> yes. Well, I, I watched the
0: documentary and I saw you visit the park where you actually yeah. played with your mates. And, and it must yes. have been the first time you'd been there for many, many years. Oh, gone 20
1: years, yeah. Yeah, what was it like? Oh, 20-odd years. Going back. I mean, well, it, well it's got goals now, which it never had before. <laughs> you used to put the uh, coats down or whatever it may be, but it hasn't changed dramatically that much. Yeah. And it's still there. And uh, as I said uh, in the film, I, I remember coming back in 66, walking back on my own thinking, where is everybody? And obviously the World Cup final was on the television. So I didn't think, I didn't, I'd never registered with me. It's only when I got home, realised, yeah what what uh, what i was missing but um uh, yeah it was happy times it was literally five minutes walk and uh we'd play all hours until somebody or my man would shout or go to the corner and shout me tea. yes so it was it was a uh, happy times and uh very enjoyable to go back but as i say i haven't been back to that park for gone 20 years
0: yeah yeah it, it was very very nostalgic to, to watch yeah. and in the documentary, you know it, it makes clear you, you're the son of Jamaican immigrants, one of only two black families at the time who lived on the Clifton estate um mm-hmm. and, and I think having watched the film it, it's clear that when you became the first black footballer to play for England, you didn't really perhaps understand or appreciate all
1: the national attention that it got. would that be right absolutely not? Mm. absolutely 100% Uh, remember Laurie Cullen was the first black under 21 international so he beat me in that respect Mm. sadly he's not sadly he's not with us but um, yes it was uh, it was a young lad happened to have a bit of talent got to choose for England and just wanted to not let my parents down not let my friends down I just wanted to do the basic things you do every Saturday afternoon. Make sure the first header's right. Yeah. Make sure the title's right. Make sure you pass it to a teammate. All the basic things. You did for the I mean, even now, you know, forty years on. I'm going to I go to London and taxi driver because I saw your debut. I mean, uh-huh. it happens more than more than the odd occasion. So I'm I'm more shocked than everybody that uh, they went to the game on that day, but uh, and that night. It's a great privilege and a pleasure. How did you find
0: out you'd been selected for your, for your first full England cap?
1: Mr. Clough called me in the office. He said, I've got a letter from the FAA saying you'd be selected for England to play in this up and coming match against Czechoslovakia. So I found out through the manager. Did he give you any advice? Um, Not that I can remember. No. I, I was a bit gobsmacked because there was talk of it, but you never know uh, whether there was talk of is it going to be low economy, is it going to be me? And when I got the call up, I think Lowy might have been injured at the time, I'm not sure. And uh no, Mr. Clough said, Yeah, you just go and you just go and enjoy it. I didn't know I was gonna play at that stage. I was just in the squad hmm. of 20 of odd 20 odd players. So yeah, but, uh yeah yeah, it seems a long time ago now. Yeah.
0: Well, there's a lovely archive clip of you talking um in the documentary after you'd been selected, and and a clip of um Brian Clough as well. And he says that you seemed to lack confidence initially, and that and that had needed boosting over a period of time, uh, and you needed mm-hmm. sort of telling how good a play you were. How did Clough give you that confidence?
1: Um, if you if you look at the video, I, I, I talk like that, and very quite, uh, very quietly spoken. Yes. else? But yeah, I mean, um, how did he help me? He helped me in loads of ways. I remember going to Newcastle um, in a in a cup tie and uh, go out on the pitch on my own and uh, got ab- abused from everybody in the stadium. The old stadium booed and all sorts of things. And I went back to him and said, uh, boss, I don't think I can play tonight. And he did look me straight in the eye and said, you're playing. Mm. So there's no ifs or buts like, Today, if a, if a player goes to a manager and says, "I don't play for whatever, I don't want to play for whatever reason and get racially abused," some managers or most managers would go, "Listen, if you feel that way, it's entirely up to you. But we've got to respect your views, and so you can sit this one out." Yeah. Not in the not yeah. with Mr. Clough. Mr. Clough says, "You're playing," and he goes on to explain why I'm why you're playing. He said, "You came here because you've got the ability to play in my team." So don't let these people around here dictate to you oh you're not going to make a footballer. You're not going to make a career. So from that day on, I always thought, well, the manager said this. So it helped me. It kept me in good stead for the, anything that they threw at me in a football field from then onwards. Yes. you just got to get on with yes. it and do your best you can and prove everybody in the stadium or the, the, the minority that you can play.
0: Exactly. And when Forrest played in Europe... Not the Liverpool match, obviously that was here, but uh, abroad. Is it right that you were among the players to to break a curfew uh, at night and perhaps nip out for a few drinks?
1: That was that was after we'd won the European Cup. Ah. <laughs> I think you're entitled to go out after that. <laughs> Mr. Club, Mr. Club said everybody stay in because the wives and the girlfriends were in 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 Madrid, right? And uh, there was, uh, I think, there was about six of us. Uh, so said, I'm not staying in the European Cup. you don't chance of staying in. <laughs> so uh, we went and we got to the door. And I always have a vivid, vivid memory of John Robertson at the door waving us off. Oh. He wouldn't dare break the curfew just in case what the manager is oh. He said, oh, I can't risk it. I can't risk it. And we're going, forget it. You're going to be in a better position. Just want the European Cup. You're having a laugh. So uh, it was uh, quite quite funny as happens. But uh, yeah, did yeah, you? Have, was... did, did you have a good night? Yeah. What I remember, yeah. It was a long time ago. Yeah. No doubt no doubt we would have done, yes. Yeah.
0: Now, you scored some wonderful long-range goals in your career. There was a wonderful 30-yard strike, I think it was against AEK Athens in the European Cup. Uh, a, yeah. couple, a couple I remember, I watched against uh, Middlesbrough, uh, and Cluffy said they were the best brace of goals by one player he'd ever seen at that time. Um what was your favorite
1: my favourite, oh, you won't get that on, on camera. And hmm. we played, we played Everton away in an um, a league match, I think it was ah. at Goodison ah. Park, and uh, I hit one with the outside my boot, and it curled in the corner, like Roberto Carlos, a bit oh, like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. I, I didn't score that many, but I do remember those. I must admit,
0: you played for Brian Clough, you played for Alex Ferguson.
1: Who was the best in your opinion? Oh, listen! They're, they're both fantastic, fantastic managers. Uh, and I get asked this question all the time. They, they, um, they demand respect. And as a player, I don't know any player that uh, that disrespects the manager. Maybe Roy Keane is the only one with Sir Alex. <laughs> they never got on after a while. Yeah. But, um But uh they played football in the right way. Uh, very entertaining. You know, sometimes counter counter attack stuff, but. Uh, you you bought you defend properly, you do the right things, and you uh, you conduct yourself in the right manner. Yes. Um but I would I would say if I had to choose between both of them, I mean I had fantastic time at Manchester United. Um mm. uh, but forest what they achieved at that time, um coming from nowhere to win the leagues, but like Leicester, the, the scenario of Leicester, how they got on to win the league. After that, after they win the league, a fantastic achievement. They got to win the European Cup back to back, and I said at the time, if they do that, they are got to be absolutely sensational. Yeah, and it turned yeah, out yeah. they were knocked out in the early stage of the group stages. But you know, so for the time, remember it was only five years. It wasn't wasn't like Liverpool went on for ten years, or That's you right. know, they had that That's great terrible. team. It was a it, it broke up very quickly. Five, five years is a long time in football, but uh, uh, but it was fantastic times and we achieved such a lot. So yeah. I would say if you had oops, Sir Alex isn't listening and I'd just take Brian Clough. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I remember seeing you at Brian's memorial service um, yeah. and at the unveiling of the statue in Nottingham in uh, 2008. Uh, and that yeah. that unveiling was a special day, wasn't it? With You were there with former players and Brian's family as well.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a fantastic tribute. It, He's done such a lot for the for the city. Um, I mean, you look at, back at the uh, footage and watch the uh, uh, Man City uh, bus uh, ceremony. Nowhere near as as packed as at Nottingham one. I looked at the Nottingham as you come down uh, the square, in Nottingham. You just go, wow, the sea of red red was incredible, and that was that memory will stay with me forever. So um, yes, it was uh, what he brought to the town. Uh, the success as i said it was short lived but still very exciting everybody still talks about it now 40 years on we've yeah. got that many reunions it's frightening <laughs> yeah
0: how will you remember cluffy um but did you have do you have a particular favorite memory of him
1: um some very good memories um as i said for the reasons as a young black player starting off in football gave me my debut um All the things that you think would help you throughout your career, he was sensational for me. He he took all the things you might worry about out of the equation. You're playing because of this, that, the other. Get on with it and try and do your best. And that took me throughout my career. You know, As you say, I went to Arsenal, Man United, Sheffield Wednesday, all big clubs in the end. And uh, those thoughts and those uh, ideas, I took to each club.
0: Viv Anderson. Thanks very much for sharing your memories. It's been a a real pleasure uh, talking to you. And and the documentary Local Heroes is out on DVD, Blu-ray and digital. Thanks again, Viv. You're welcome. And thanks to you for listening. Don't forget, you can see more Cluffy stories on the Tribute website, brianclough.com, raising money for the types of good causes that Cluffy supported. I hope you can join me again soon for more memories of the great man in
1: the Green Jumper.